Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. I am uh, Peter Engler, the Adult Ministries Director at Browncroft. We are doing a special Browncroft COVID edition. Um, I didn't even come up with a name for this, so I, I think I'm going to make it make it up right on the spot, which is why is community important uh, in uh, the midst of the coronavirus. I am here with Kelsey Clark. So Kelsey is someone from Browncroft, and uh, she is an adult small group leader, the small group leader for the 11th grade, uh, 11th grade students, and uh, just a good friend. And we just wanted to take a moment just to share some good news. Um, I wish I was John Krasinski, but I'm not. So, but this, uh, we thought you'd all enjoy a bonus episode. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Peter? I'm doing well. Well, uh, let's uh, let's just get started here. Uh, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You know how you're involved in Browncroft. You know what you do during Monday through Friday, and just kind of we'll go from there. Yeah, um, I have gone to Browncroft for a very long time. Um, I guess given my age, (laughs) I went um, from the ages of zero to 18. Um, So basically grew up in this church. uh, And after college and graduate school, I eventually returned here as an adult. Um, So most of the past decade, I've been been here. Um, I am a high school teacher um, doing special education and teaching U.S. history. And yeah, that's me. So let's uh, let's start personally with you. Um, at the time of this recording, we're about five weeks into the lockdown. Tell me about what it was like to be a teacher and all of a sudden I can't see my students and I have all these plans and things like that. You know, just give us a little glimpse of that experience. Yeah, that was that was odd because we knew that things were starting to be shut down. We knew college campuses had been shut down first. Uh, so it seemed possible that it could happen to the public schools. But I mean, we were kind of joking that this one week was like the longest year of our lives that um, it, everything seemed to change really rapidly. So we at first, it was a Friday. I remember we had a, a meeting in the morning at, at school and uh, we're talking about how it was probably going to happen. But then the um, the Monroe County, they said it wasn't. So we decided to make plans for Monday and then uh, we never came back. So where are you at now? And, you know, just give people a little glimpse into the day of life of a Webster, you know, special ed history teacher and what you're doing for your students. Yeah, we're we're connecting online. Um, it's it's challenging, though. I, I'd say it depends, you know, students who haven't really developed the skills yet to to be self-motivated, to create their own structures who might have trouble with internet access or uh, might not have family support at home. It, there's so many factors that we can't control anymore because they're not in the building with us. So it, it's hard to get engagement. Um, we're starting to build routines. We're working together a lot more closely. Um, I actually look forward to our, our Zoom faculty meetings every week. It's, it's really great to just be there as a community and, and talking and working with people. Um, so I've seen you know faculty come together in, in really creative ways to engage our students and so that's been that's been kind of the cool part of it I guess it's but it's also it's weird to to lack the structure but still be trying to teach new content and figure out how to do that all through the internet (laughs) what uh 
so the week that you left, do you remember what you were teaching in history? Like what were some of the things? Uh, yeah, we were teaching American imperialism. And our last day, we had a, a seminar with our students. And they had a reflection due the next week. And we were going to start World War One. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, yeah, there's probably some... Uh, that's not too too far from the flu pandemic 100 years ago, right? I, that actually lended itself to be a perfect lesson. That was the, I think the first thing I assigned as a online lesson was comparing the two. There's a, a great article posted that um, explained what social distancing is um, and why it worked and how two cities during the time, one, one basically did and one didn't. So that was a, a really cool opportunity to start introducing them to the concept of, of social distancing and why we're doing it and what's happening and, and also make that perfectly timed connection. So I was really happy about that. Man, you got to love being a history teacher right now. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Well, let's, um, you know, the reason why we have you on, you know, we wanted just people to get to know you. Many people do is just to talk to the importance of community. Mm -hmm. And I know that people have been struggling with finding connection and, you know, there might be people that are in small groups or they have a small group of friends and it's just, it's really weird, you know, can you say to someone, I'm lonely? Can you say to someone, I need to find connection? But let's kind of back up before we kind of talk about what you're, you know, you're in two groups, what you're doing. Let's talk about your, we'll, we'll call it, quote unquote, your adult small group. <laughs> you know, tell me a little bit about your adult group, how it got formed, and just, you know, give a little background so our listeners understand a little bit about the group. Yeah, we, I'd say the group as as a unit uh, was started maybe maybe more than seven years ago. I wasn't originally in it, um, but maybe a year or two later, I, I joined and uh, a couple other people who are still in the group. Um, we've seen a lot of different people. You know, sometimes someone will visit one week and then they've been there for years now. Uh, you know, we see new people. I'd say maybe one or two people seem to join in every year. We've had a few of our graduate students and doctoral students uh, come and be part of it for a few years and leave. So, you know, we, we've had a lot of really fantastic people part of the group. Um, but, you know, it, it changes every year. Um, I, I love people's commitment. It's it's grown to be pretty large. Uh, we're a young adult small group, but, you know, some of the newer members are in their, their younger 20s, but uh, a lot of people are in their late 30s. So we're not that young anymore. Um, so probably the average age is around 29, um, my age. But uh, we've gotten bigger. We're, uh, I'd say there's about 16 or so people who are involved in the group in some way. But interestingly, COVID has made our uh, attendance a lot higher. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's dig into that a little bit. Um, so let's just talk about your group um, and you and I have had some candid conversations and I'd even say this about my small group where it's like, I look at it and I kind of say, I wouldn't necessarily pick all these people to be in my small group, mm -hmm. but I'm really glad that they are, you know, talk about that dynamic of the different backgrounds and just how that works well. And you know, how you as a a leader, but also how your group grows because people have different perspectives and different backgrounds. And it's not, you know, necessarily the group that you put together on a piece of paper. Yeah, we, like I said, there's a big variety in ages. Um, some people 
are single. We have two couples. One couple has children um, and just really different personalities. You know, people who would not necessarily normally form friendships. And, and yet we still have become like a little family. Um, you know, we've known each other for years. We've helped each other move. We do events together. There are some um, non-Christians or seekers who have been, you know, part of our group for a while too. Um, so it's just, it, it's cool to see and look back on, on honestly the journey we've had for several years now. So let's, um, now that people know that you meet weekly, just to fill in a little bit of the blanks, you know, you meet meet weekly and, um, you know, when the coronavirus hit kind of the way you described school, what happened with your small group? You know, just give us some of the background of all of a sudden, you know, we have social distancing, you know, what were the conversations like? What was it like to be a leader? And, um, you know, you talked about attendance being up. So just give us a little bit of how you walked through that as a small group leader. One of the great blessings ended up being that we had started the Rooted program uh, that um, some people in Browncroft have done in their small groups. And it, it we basically have a, a book and it's taking us through, we have daily devotions and readings, um, but it's kind of a discipleship book, but it, it goes through the basics, but it really, it, the point is to make it deeper and to really practice uh, the basics of the Christian faith. Um, so it's very, it's very well structured and that's exactly what we really needed for this. Um, so part of it is you also, you commit to attending. So we were already, um, doing well. We had, um, two people who had very recently joined for the rooted experience. And, uh, so actually just having literally the physical book helped, um, and having people who had already said, yes, I'm in it. Like I'm doing this with you guys. And when, you know, it started to seem like we'd need to be distancing from each other. I remember the the last week was probably our lowest attendance when um, some people were a little concerned and we started talking about what it would look like coming up and everything changed so quickly. Um, so now we meet on, on Zoom. But like I said, we've actually had definitely the highest attendance. So sometimes that's a blessing. You know, um, people who have children or jobs or whatever, like that normally can't always come to, you know, a, a Thursday night meeting they they've been there so we have really high numbers um and our time on zoom has actually been really fun and i think people look forward to seeing each other every week so what um what's it like on zoom to have a small group and i mean rooted like you said it's really structured mm -hmm. um you know we're looking at launching it this fall in browncroft and you know thank you for being a part of it but you know talk to people about you know the wins and maybe the areas of growth. And, you know, I think we can be honest, like we love the zooming, but you know, we do want to get in person, but you know, let's just look at the pros and cons. What, what have you noticed about that? Yeah. As I said, one of the pros is just that it's, it's easier to be there. Um, if your schedule couldn't normally permit it. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've found creative ways to, to have fun together. We, you know, um, Shout out to Abigail, who who likes doing our, our Jackbox games, if you've ever played that. So we figured out how to share screens and play games together. Or um, there are a lot of creative people um, in youth ministry who have shared out game ideas with me. So we've done some of those uh, with our Zoom group. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard. I think the hardest thing, honestly, is like when we're, we're talking and normally we'd like go around in a circle and share. And I'm like, well, we're not in a circle, so I'm calling on all of you. Um, but it's... 
you know, I have a fancy Zoom account so I can do breakout rooms. So like one of the weeks um, when you're sharing about strongholds, um, splitting the guys and girls, you know, I was able to do that on Zoom, um, which was was cool um, to be able to do. Help our listeners understand how do you what what do you think a stronghold is, you know, basically in the conversation and why was that so important to go through? A stronghold is an area of sin in your life that seems to have a long term grip on you. Um, so some examples I think were like pride, insecurity, lust, greed, idolatry. Um, there were a bunch of others, but it, in the book, it's described in such a way that it was really easy to identify what those struggles are for you personally. Um, so some people shared that was a really powerful week for us to share those things out. Who would have ever thought you'd be having this like deep, uh, dark conversation, mm-hmm. you know, over Zoom? But did did you at a point kind of forget that you were on Zoom or? Yeah, I, I thought the, the same struggle would happen. Uh, that would be harder to be to get deeper and more intimate when we're, we're not facing each other. But, but I, th- I think I was wrong. And I think part of it is that people really prepared. Um, they've been doing a good job preparing ahead of time. So we've had things ready to share. Um, and honestly, it's been nice to have things to talk about that aren't just um, doom and gloom pandemic, you know, <laughs> like I think that's the temptation whenever we're online, like, isn't this so weird? Like, how is this happening? But, but we, we have a different focus and I think that's, that's helped to distract from from what's going on is that we're still talking about our faith and wanting to grow deeper. So one of the reasons I wanted to interview you um, was part of the Rooted program, you know, just the experience is serving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your group decided to take a huge step of faith and, you know, you did decided to serve together. So, you know, talk to us about it. What did that look like? Uh, you know, it's funny because the best laid plans, <laughs> they don't, sometimes they don't matter. We, we had talked early about possible dates and went through some pains to try to figure out what would work for the most of us. And, um, shout out to Alex who did his best to try to communicate with organizations where we could volunteer and a lot of phone calls and emails. And then it just, it just became impossible. And, and even some opportunities came up that like filled up the second we decided who could go when. So it became kind of a like, all right, we just we're going for it or we're not. So so it ended up that we could volunteer in, in two ways. And I think most people were able to do one or the other. And several people did both. Um, but we participated in a blood drive that was actually at Browncroft a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that was fun. You know, we shared out photos and we had a, an iron level competition because we're weird like that. To see who had the <laughs> highest iron getting ready to go. Um, so that was really great. And and then we volunteered for Food Link with United Way. So we had people going on a, a Saturday morning or afternoon shift um, to help pack up some of the emergency food boxes. You know, uh, looking back, what do you think like affected your group or what are like kind of the lasting impact that you even feel on yourself in this season serving and going through all of that you know what do you see as you look back I think people responded really well to having an opportunity to do something in in a crisis where you might feel kind of helpless at times and I know our conversations afterward were just really positive and people were so glad they could they could do it. And, you know, last week we were talking about what what will this look like after COVID? Um, you know, can I 
volunteer regularly somewhere else. So we've been, some of our members have been volunteering. We've been going to other um, food programs or some people are interested in, in doing delivering and, and things like that. Um, but we're, we've also been thinking about, you know, the summer and the future. What, mm. what kinds of things do we want to do regularly as a small group hereafter? Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's take a moment. I, I want to talk to you about your 11th graders, um, your 11th grade women, and uh, just, uh, you know, tell me about being a small group leader for them. And, um, you know, first of all, let's start with uh, simple. When did you start being their small group leader? I started when they were in seventh grade. So that's four, yeah. <laughs> this is my fifth year, fifth year um, with with them. So, I mean, would you say that a majority you've walked with them from seventh grade or is it kind of a mix or? Yeah, I'd say about at least half of them. I've been with them since they started in youth group. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about before we get into like, you know, what happened after the coronavirus. Um, tell me a little bit about just the group, kind of what what it's like to be a small group leader, the wins and opportunities of growth, we'll say, we won't say losses, <laughs> but, you know, just tell it, tell it, give people a little insight of why you love doing it. It's, it's been great. I mean, there are, there have been years and phases, you know, working with teenagers. I work, you know, in high school all the time where, so, you know, sometimes it, it's hard and you don't always feel appreciated, but it, those are, those don't, those pale in comparison, I should say, to to the moments that are where you know that your choice to keep coming every week and loving them um, has had long term meaning, especially now that they're older and the relationships I have with them now. You know, I can look back and say, I'm glad I've, I've been here for years um, every week with them and and the joys that they they have and and their their fun personalities and, and really seeing the ways that they've grown and the choices they choose to make being serious in their faith or being really excited about inviting other people to youth group and just being really honest and good friends to each other. I think that's been really fantastic. You know, it kind of sounds like you can't, you can't have the quality of a relationship until you have the quantity. You gotta, you gotta be there. You gotta be there every week, you know, and even, if that week felt like, oh, we didn't even like talk about Jesus for a second, you know, they're too interested in talking about other things. But, it, you know, and that I, I've had moments where I was like, that wasn't like, oh, am I, do they even care? But but that's not it's it's a, it's a long game. I, mm. I think I've had to tell myself for many ministry opportunities, like I'm in it for the long game and mm. the long game's worth it. So just like with school, high school, you know, being a teacher and just like with uh, your small group um, for adults. Tell us about kind of what happened, you know, with the coronavirus, you know, social distancing, you know, give us a little insight of what happened to your group and kind of the transition that had to be made. I think it was, it was hard at first, you know, I, their sense of loss, I, I think in some ways is greater than mine. I, I, I think, you know, for a young adult school is their entire daily structure it's not just you know their their job so to speak of, of being a student but their 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 friends are at school their their clubs their teams the things that you know their musicals the things that give them a sense of purpose where they use their talents and get recognized for those things and you know 
they express what they love to do like that's all connected with school so i think there was a lot of loss there for them um but that also meant you know most of them were eager to connect online when we've been meeting so it, we've been uh, wednesday nights has been really great i think um i'll say you know i'm really impressed with the wednesday night productions that have been put on you know i know dylan and josh and aaron um, are just doing such a fantastic job with with what we see every week it's honestly like it's on youtube live but it, it feels like you're there like it's it, there's almost something that's like oh this is like it's always been youth group they do um youtube live i'd recommend to any student uh, that goes on at 6 30 and they have like games and just funny things and like student videos and there's worship time and like one of my students has participated in worship and and a talk and then we get sent off to our, our zoom meetings so i think it's it's very well run and you know there's interaction through the chat and so it, it almost feels like youth group like i still say to you know my roommate i'm like oh i got youth group tonight because that, that's how it feels well so talk to me about that um you know, I've never been an 11th grade girl. Um, so, you know, what's it like to, you know, kind of walk with these students, you know, through the chat on YouTube, through Zoom and stuff like that? Do you feel like, you know, with, you know, keeping confidentiality, do you feel like there's deeper, richer conversations or is it more just this is just a space to like we don't need to talk about it i mean what's it been like kind of to walk through that it's been a mix i think it depends who's there and what what mood they're in that evening i think i think when we were still in transition it was harder to to go deeper because they're still just kind of like you know it's such a change um but I, I think we've been going in that direction um another cool thing that i can do with with some of my girls is we do a Sunday morning Bible study that we've been doing all year. Um, so we're still doing it. We're doing it on, on Sundays after service together on zoom. And that's been just as good as it's ever been. So, um, so that's been, it's been great that they're, they're still willing to, to be a part of, of this, even though it's different. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you think about 10 years from now, you know, 11th graders they'll be out of college in their 20s professionals um, they'll actually be fairly close to your age right now um <laughs> strange uh what what do you hope that they get out of this experience in their faith walk the experience of youth group in general or this time period just this time period i i hope that they'll be more creative Maybe I, I think this time has shown a lot of people's creativity. It's a, it's an opportunity to, to step up and, and say, what are the different ways that we can connect? What are the different ways we can encourage each other or use technology or, or do other things um, in order to engage? And I think they've seen, you know, I do have more flexibility in my schedule. I do have more time. Like, what would that mean for me to start reading my Bible more seriously? I know a few of them decided like, hey, we're going to do this Bible reading program and they, they signed up to, to read through the Bible together. And they, they just made that decision like a week ago. So I, I think they're taking that, that part really seriously too. Mm. Let me kind of ask you that for your, you know, adult small group, 10 years from now, as you think about their faith journey and, 
you know, you think about the members there. What do you hope that they grasp from this season of the pandemic and social distancing? You know, what's like one faith area that you'd say, hey, I, I hope you really look back and say you grew in that area. I hope it is the importance of community uh, that we're there for each other and we've been reaching out to each other and connecting more, I think, in new ways than we did before. I think there's something about a crisis and a change in routine that also can wake us up to the things that we really value, like even just the serving as an example. I think we, we've been in certain routines for a while and, and doing Rooted and, and doing this um, have made us more interested in, in what, do, what do we want to change mm. as a group moving forward. Mm. Let me ask you this. Um, let's pretend you're sitting, you're having coffee with a friend, um, and we have listeners that don't go to Browncroft and they don't even live in Rochester, and we'll just kind of put a blanket statement, but you know, they might be asking the question, why should I be in some sort of intentional community? I don't know what small groups means. And, you know, like it just, it sounds weird. Like I'm zooming with these people or, mm -hmm. you know, and there's going to be a day that we, I'm careful how I say this, but there's going to be a, a day of, of normalcy. Like, yeah, the world might change, but you know, we'll probably go back to some semblance of meeting together and the question's going to come up, you know, why, why should I pursue intentional relationships? Why, you know, why should all these churches talk about small groups? It seems like they just want more time from me, you know, and so I can say that because I'm the pastor, mm -hmm. but like, you know, why, why should I make those sacrifices, especially if I don't maybe, you know, jive with the people, you know, I might be the jock and they might be the World of Warcraft people, mm -hmm. stuff like that how would you respond to that person and what would you say after all of this experience that you just had? It's an opportunity to be part of a, a small family that you're, you're choosing to love. And I, I think, I think most people would say it's, it's an opportunity to be heard and loved and understood. And I think once you're in a small group, um, at least in my experience, you know, somebody posts a need, and there's a pretty immediate response. Um, someone posts something that's difficult that they're praying for and, and the prayers come forth. I, I mean, we, we've made the decision that we're, we're there for each other. That's a, a real commitment that we're making. So, so then we are. <laughs> and I think that that's hard to find in just the real regular world. Like people who are saying, y you know what, I'm going to choose. This is my, my being intentional about this that I'm going to meet your needs um, the way that Christ meets ours. Wow. Man, that's a really, that's a really great way to see this. And, um, you know, I just want to take a moment and just, it's weird. I'm going to answer my own question. So, um, you know, wherever you are, you know, if you're in Rochester and you're looking for community, I'd encourage you to go to browncroft.org. We want to help you um, if you're not part of a local church. And then, also, too, you know, for those of you that, you know, maybe you live outside of Rochester and you're listening to this, you know, go to the whygodwhypodcast.com. We'd love to get you connected somewhere. And, you know, based on even what Kelsey said, um, you know, I'm thinking about this a ton. You know, don't waste this opportunity to let the people closest to you know 
where you're struggling, you know, and I think you beautifully and eloquently said that about sharing a need and seeing that people will respond. You know, I think this podcast, you know, we want to help you kind of get there. And um, we just feel it's very valuable and important. I'm going to go our traditional route, you know, so Kelsey, someday we're going to have to have you on like for like a real history issue. Um, I got, so Kelsey and I sometimes talk about, you know, PBS and the American experience. So I just, I saw there's a whole new American experience out. So I I thought of you today. So we'll talk about that later. (laughs) But, um, you know, we, we end this podcast with a question, you know, what, what does Jesus have to do with this topic? So what I'll do is usually John, um, he starts and then, uh, we let, you know, we let the guests clean up. So I'll start. And then if I do any heresy or anything, you can just clean it up from there. So, you know, the question is, is why do I need community in the midst of the coronavirus? And I guess I just start with this. Um, you might struggle with Christianity. You might struggle with the church. Um, you might see Christianity as, you know, intolerant, um, you know, hypocritical. And, you know, number one, I would just encourage you to start with Jesus, you know, to read about him. There's four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the four biographies of Jesus. First of all, get to know him. But the second thing, I just want to appeal to you in a way that let's just pretend for one moment that you were created by God. All of us, no matter how introverted or how extroverted we are, we were created for community. You were created not to be alone. And if that's the case, then what if there were people out there that not only wanted to be friends with you because you brought them benefits or or you, you made them better or something like that, but what if you were created so that someone else can encourage you, but on the same token what if you were created that you could benefit someone else? And I just think Kelsey modeled that so much. And this is one of the reasons why I just love having her as a leader at Browncroft. You know, this is why I consider her a friend is I just see her living out the message of Jesus so radically of sacrificing her Wednesday nights and umpteenth hours of text messages to, to communicate to a student that, we care about you and the investment is worth it. And I think about just the adults and, you know, I'm in a small group. I'd consider all of us like mature, but it's like herding cats. And, but I know this is that we're created for community. And, and each Thursday that I go to my small group and I'm in intentional community, I see little areas of growth and I know that I was created for that. So I just, I challenge you to think about being created intentionally for community all right kelsey i'll let you close up (laughs) i mean i think you really said it i i think i just add that you know there's something about being part of a group where you are going in the same direction um we're pursuing the same thing um you know even if we aren't all in the same spot necessarily but looking towards jesus and and knowing in increasing ways that that we are loved that we have purpose and and that we want the same things we want a better world uh we want to love each other well i I think having that in common it it almost doesn't matter how how different we are in our personalities and our places in life uh that that unites us and 
And I think, like I've said, like that's what makes it like a family. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming. And um, if you want to learn more about the Why God Why podcast, go to whygodwhypodcast.com. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure that you review us on your podcast app. Write a nice review. We want people uh, to know about us. And lastly, use the hashtag WGWpodcast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you so much for having us, and we'll see you again next time.